Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying something new. Uh, trying some SM. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> Fuck that up. I've tried some ASMR on you, ladies and gentlemen. And there's a reason for that this week, ladies and gentlemen. Because we have an amazing, absolutely fantastic show that I'm just dying to share with you today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so I wanted to give you a bit of comfort before the storm, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll, I'll pack that in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week here at the RGM Podcast. With me, Carl Maloney. How are you doing, you eight? For people that don't know, uh, this podcast is all around telling stories, um, discussing people's journeys, speaking to amazing people that delve and graft and are part of this live music scene that, that we all love and adore. And today's, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Lee McFarlane. Now, if you don't know the name Lee McFarlane... Uh, he is a manager, and uh, we have a great chat with him about his life and career through the music industry. We talk about how he met Noel Gallagher and built up a relationship with him over the years. A great story um, when he met him in an airport. I'll tease you with that. Uh, and also, he's managing friend of the podcast. He's out in Europe um, touring with uh, Louis Tomlinson at the minute. It's only Andrew Cushing's manager. Uh, so we talk about how, the, how he deals with Andrew on the road. That's fun. Um, and we go into loads of different things about, you know, being a manager, you know, what he looks out for in bands, that kind of stuff, professionalism. Uh, um, and, you know, the life of a band manager. And I, uh, it, it took a little bit of setting up. Uh, I missed an appointment. He's very busy. Um, but it, it, I, 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 I enjoyed speaking to Lee. And I think you'll enjoy the chat too, ladies and gentlemen. So that's coming up very shortly. What have I been up to this week? Not much this week, not today. Um, yeah, it's the end of festival season, which is sad. Um, but we move into the last part of the year. Um, it looks like the gigs are picking up again. So, you know, festival season, you don't see many as many releases and that kind of stuff over festival season. So it's been a little bit slower. There are some, you know, not everybody's at a festival. Um, but, you know, it really kicks back in now. People are announcing albums, singles, live tours. It's a busy time for us here at RGM, and we are committed to covering it all for you. Um, yeah, we're taking on a couple of new um, starters with RGM as well, so we're just training them up to be the writers of the future, discussing music. So that's kind of been my week here at RGM headquarters, if you're asked. You're not? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, forgive me for all that ASMR uh, rubbish <laughs> earlier. Um, but if you did like it and you thought it were any good and you want to pay me to do more, that's completely fine too. I'm going above my station. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's crack on with a brand, an amazing new podcast this week. The Life of a Band Manager with Lee McFarlane. Take it away, mate. Hey, hope you're right, lad. How you doing? Yeah, really good. I'm, and I'm, I'm really pleased to have a chat with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, nice one. Well, we might as well start from... We might as well start from this because I, I wanted to get you on for a specific reason, and that is to discuss the life of 
in within music management within the uh, you know grassroots music and I you know you've got big projects going on with Andrew and stuff coming up but I don't feel that uh, music managers get enough credit these days so I wanted somebody that <laughs> I've, I've seen somebody that's working hard and grafting and uh, you know we've had Andrew Cushing on that you're managing Andrew we've had him on the show and he he tells us all the hard work and the graph that you do behind the scenes. So I wanted to celebrate that, mate, get you on Thanks the podcast and just find out a little bit more about you and your journey through this industry. How's that? Thank you very much, mate. That's, it's, it's well overdue, mm. I think, Carl. Yeah. Uh, my, um, my, my celebration. No, no, I'm just, I'm just okay. joking. Fair enough. I'm just joking. Listen, um, you, you know as well as I do, Carl, like Andrew's a talent, you know, he's a real talent. Yeah. And I knew that from four years ago when I first found him. Mm. Uh, he had that voice and them lyrics and then yeah. and, and the whole structure to his songs, nice. the storytelling. It was just something magical. And Carl, you're probably from the same era as I yeah. am, you know, and yeah. we both loved like 90s music and, and, and guitar music and yeah. so, singer-songwriters. And I hadn't heard someone like Andrew I mean, I'm blowing smoke right up his arse here, mate, since Noel Gallagher. <laughs> you know, since Noel Gallagher and since, you know, like people like Liam Frey in, in, the, in, in Kasabian as well. And the, I loved that sort of music, Arctic Monkeys. And, and I hadn't seen anything since since that sort of music. Since And I listening to Andrew, I was so passionate. I, I wanted to get involved and I wanted to get his music out there. So, as you know, the journey, the journey starts way back in 2019. Yeah. But, you know, fast forward four years, the, the job's become a real full-time job. When, mm. in fact, it is my full-time job. It's been yeah. full-time now for two and a half years wow. since the little Gallagher record, you know. And, mm. and it's been a real... Someone once said to me uh, the other week, he said to me, uh, you never you never know you work in a day in your life or something. If it's... I know what you mean. It's, it's not really work if you if you enjoy what you do. That exactly. Kind of stuff, and that's where I feel. Yeah. You know, I, I, I am... I do work really hard behind the scenes, yeah. and, it, and it's getting harder with the size of the with the size of the band, the size of the project. But however, I don't feel like it's getting hard. It's mm. pa- I'm passionate about it because yeah. Andrew write a song tomorrow, and I like, oh wow, there's album two wrote already. When in fact it is wrote already. Yeah. Wow. So it, it's you know it's not really it's not really work, but yeah, you know so, what I mean. So so have you uh, so uh, so like before you know finding Andrew out there in the scene. Um, what, what were you looking to get into management, or did, did you talk us through? You know what yeah, you were, do, yeah, what you were course, doing yeah. before that. I lived in London. I lived in London for fifteen years, right. and I um, I worked for I worked for. It's a real romantic story. This I worked <laughs> for uh, British Airways, the, okay. the world's the world's favorite airline. Yeah, and I worked I worked at Heathrow Terminal Five mm. uh, as a, like a customer service manager. Yeah. So I was resp- remember the airline programs in the nineties. Okay. Where if there was problems at check-in, that yeah. speaks to a manager. Oh, okay. It, it used to get shouted at. Remember that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'd imagine so that. I was, just, you just get it was shouted awful. at. So I was kind of doing that job. Well, I was doing that job, yeah. but I was doing it on a bigger on a bigger scale, a grander scale, working for British Airways and at Heathrow Airport. And it was yeah. it was a great. Is that coming through? Okay. <laughs> you just the sun's come out. I think at your house. Yeah. Your sun is in Newcastle. <laughs> I know. But, uh, uh, Mate, can you bear with me for a second? Can you pause that? No, don't worry about it. It's fine. How can I do it out? There you go. Oh, there we go. There we go. Right. Anyway, so um, started off working for British Airways. uh, Went down there in the early 2000s. One day, I'll fast forward this long story, mate. One day, Noel Gallagher and Oasis were going through in 2005. Uh, Noel Gallagher, being a massive fan, went up to Oasis, introduced myself. If you need anything, I'm here. You know, if you need lounge access, et cetera, but they were fine. Give the tour manager at the time uh, my business card. I said, "Look, any any problems you have in BA, look, just call me direct." Never ever expecting to hear back from Oasis. Right, you get a phone call done on the next morning, six o'clock in the morning. Can you help us? Uh, Noel Gallagher's guitar has gone missing. Oh. It was going to Belgrade, so I went to work, got Noel Gallagher's guitar, put it on the next flight, British Airways. He got the guitar. The gig went ahead. Right. Oh, so nice. after that. I went, I went to see, uh, I had a few complimentary tickets for Oasis, went backstage, mm. met Oasis, met all the, met all the tour managers, met all the crew, and just became, became, as a 2005, became involved very, very slightly in that music scene mm. as a fan, but I was understanding what was going on backstage, yeah. speaking to the crew, then getting in, in with Marcus Russell, who was a yeah. Oasis manager, yeah. getting in with Marcus, speaking to Marcus, getting some direction, and then I, I think the real turning point with me, I met I met with John Coyne, who was managing Kasabian, or who still manages Kasabian. Yeah. Kasabian had just released Empire, the second album. 
and just mix it with these people like Marcus Russell from Oasis and, and John Coyne from Kasabian. It gave me a bit of like, you know, it gave me a bit of inspiration. Yeah. And I was thinking, God, I would love to get involved in this and do exactly what these guys are doing. Because this sound, this is a really cool job, mm. but they're actually, they're working and they're getting paid to go to gigs, <laughs> but never knowing what they do behind the scene. Yeah. And um, so, supported Marcus, supported John, and I managed a couple of bands in London, like, they, but they never did anything. Yeah. They, they got like festivals, they got Wireless Festival, got Kasabian support, they got Noel Gallagher support. Uh, they never went on to get a record deal though. It was more of a, like a lifestyle choice for me, but yeah. all the time I was, I was learning. And I was learning about how it works, this music industry, and um, just getting a, just getting a lot of information on and, and getting a lot of inspiration. And then it was weird, like I just kind of left all that behind with me when I came back to Newcastle, two thousand and fourteen. Mm. Came back to Newcastle, but and then I found Andrew, like four years later. <laughs> but uh, I still had these contacts. Yeah. I still had this knowledge. Yeah. But what what I learned then was. That basically, this, if you're if you're really passionate about a product, you're really passionate about an artist. Yeah. As long as you have the right network and the right connections, you can kind of get him going. You can get him going on the right path. Then he has to do the rest. Yeah. But as long as he's got that talent, which Andrew certainly does, you kind of you're a good you're a good ma- you're a good match together. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, it really does. And like yeah. like when you first saw Andrew, what kind of things did you like instill on him? What like, what were like the first thing that you did to? Uh, to um, to start I, I, the relationship. I think, yeah, I, mean, I think it was just purely like to have that balls to go on stage. Mm. You know, and he, he'd only wrote one song that was waiting for the rain, yeah. and in the rest of the songs it was covers. But that one song waiting for the rain stood out ahead of all them covers he was playing. And I think to me it was just literally like to get on stage there. I'd known. Sorry, part of this story that you haven't heard is. Yeah. <laughs> 2014, I came back to Newcastle. Andrew started playing football for a team that my son played for, right? And me and Andrew used to have banter about... Uh, I was coaching the team at the time, but me and Andrew used to have banter about the bands I used to manage in London right. and uh, no one Noel Gallagher, right? And it was always... Uh, Andrew was like... I've known Andrew since he's 15. Yeah. And like the banter was always like there about, one day you're going to manage me. And I was like, no, not really. I've <laughs> left all that behind in London. I'm not, yeah. I'm not that... Interested anymore? Okay. Well, then he said, "Okay, one day he said uh, I'm playing a gig. Uh, I'm supporting this Oasis tribute band called uh, Oasis. Do you want to come and watch?" And I was like, uh, "I'll come," <laughs> but like, I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah. So just so, so like, to answer your question, sorry. The the, the answer is what they're saying, Andrew. It was just purely the guts to stand on stage. He couldn't play guitar very well, mm. but he had them guts, and he had that that vocals were unbelievable. Yeah. I said, like, "Where the hell is this come from?" And that natural voice was just outstanding. Yeah. Well, when when last time we spoke to Andrew, it's all in the archives if you're interested in catching yeah. up. It's, Waiting for the Rain is the is the title of his new album that's coming out very soon as well, which, you know, that I know that song from speaking to him, that means a lot. And it's it's kind of followed his musical journey and it makes sense to, you know, box that off a little bit, but with, with, with the new album. So, it, so, so the, the speed and how quick things have developed for him, uh, how much of that's down to you? <laughs> Uh, I think it's down to both of us. I think it's unfair <laughs> yeah. for me to say it. it's all down to me. Oh no, I, no. I really do. I think it's I think I think it's down to both of us. Both of us having yeah. the same drive and the same determination, and we never stop. Both of us haven't stopped. I mean, I haven't. Mm. I, I tried to have a break three uh, last week. <laughs> go to the Lake District for three days. Yeah. That's first time in four years, <laughs> wow. and I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. Mate. I couldn't. Me. Me. WhatsApp didn't stop. Me. Me. Emails didn't stop. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what? I, I didn't mind. I kind of didn't mind. My, my, my missus hated it yeah but i didn't mind because it is um it's just we're both we're both at the same speed yeah and we both want it so much but in 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 the flip side of things we also want the music out there we want people to recognize how good this music is Mm. and we want the album to do justice so we're only going to get justice for that album if we put the hours in but we're both doing that yeah so it is uh is, is there any plans to take on anybody else and grow songbird itself, um, or i always it... said to, yeah i always said to andrew right um not so much out of respect but like mm. i don't know out of like like the connection i always yeah. said like let's make an album first let's do this do your songs justice let's get a, hopefully a top 10 or a top 20 album yeah. and then i'll review my situation then about taking another act on mm. i've mate carl I've, I've had loads of offers yeah. And I'm not being big headed by that. I've had loads of offers, but um, 
at the moment, I'm just focused on Andrew and his career and yeah. my career, you know, and building both of our careers. And we're, we know that we know that we're, we're on the right path now. Yeah. We've got the right infrastructure around it. I think, mm. I think infrastructure is so important. It's a one tip I could give any sort of band managers out there. Mm. Build a good team around your artist. Yeah. Honestly, get the right people around your artist. And you're almost you're all moving together in the right in the in the same direction. How do you know they are the right people? Well, I think you find out for yourself, don't you? Like yeah. in life and in business, you know who you can trust yeah. and who'll do the right job in the right in the right mm-hmm. places. You know, as it was it round round pegs and square holes. Yeah. You know, we've had plenty of them so far on the journey. But when you find the right person, you just stick with them. We've had the same yeah. agent since um, since December two thousand and nineteen. You know, so he's on the journey as well. Mm-hmm. He he booked Andrew the Clooney. Which was only three hundred cap. He's now booking Andrew City Hall, which is two and a half. Yeah. You know, and so getting the right agent, getting the right promoter. We've had a few promoters that have gone a bit tits up. So we're getting the right promoter, yeah. getting the right PR, you can get the right radio pluggers and stuff like that. So it, yeah, it, you're making it sound really easy, mate. But you can only you can only you've got to graft and you've got to like you've got to be a bit yeah. cheeky because I didn't um, you know the reason why you got I know Noel's been one of your contacts and that's really helped yes. Andrew's career and that kind of stuff. Yes, and, and to end up recording with a legend like fucking Noel Gallagher, that just must be yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So you know, like, uh, is it just a case? Because when I speak to a lot of bands on this podcast, a few of them are quite cheeky with DMs and they'll DM the the artist that they like, and they end up getting a few. They do end up yeah, getting I think a few. Andrew does. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He gets a few. Yeah, but a few people doing few. it, and it's it's like you know you've got to be a little bit cheeky out there. You've got to. You have. You've got to go for it, haven't you? I agree, but I think with me and with me and Noel Gallagher, it was um, it was during lockdown, and I think mm. lockdown affected a lot of bands. Yeah. You know, a lot, I know a lot of bands that were really affected, but they had albums to go out, they had yeah. tours. But luckily, we didn't have an album, we didn't have a tour. God, yeah. if lockdown happened now, mate, we'd be fucked. Yeah. We'd be, you know, that hard work to put in. But at yeah. the time, lockdown was kind of at the start of Andrew's career. Mm. And what happened during lockdown is that Noel Gallagher had a, a lot of free time, and like other big acts had a lot of free time. Mm. And I just said, look, we're looking for a producer for where's my family gone? Uh, I know you like it. Uh, can you recommend anyone? And I remember, the, I remember the email. It was like, I'll do it. I was like, <laughs> wow, can you last? Have you fucking seen this? Will <laughs> Gallagher just said, he'll be this. and she's like, what? And I emailed him again. He went, yeah, I'll do it. I'll bring your band along. Don't bother with your band. I'll bring my band. I was like, what? High Flying Birds? Yeah, yeah. bring High Flying Birds. Nice. So, okay. Can we get a date locked in? Yep, get a date locked in. Rack Studios, October whatever. Yeah. Um, Got the record label, pay the fee, and then we're in there five days with Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds. Wow, mate! Well <laughs> done, mate! Well, well done. And I, I know it's been a bit of a catalyst, but it, it, he has, uh, you know, w- what other things is like, you know, you know, rather than you know the Noel Gallagher thing, because you, you can hang around that point for for a long time. Yeah, you? but well, but the, the, the talent of Andrew himself and the storylines and, and and why he's he's the only guest who's been three times on our podcast because he's such a good crack and a good laugh and a good lad um as well you hit the nail the head call about that like about when we signed when we signed the second record label strap originals Mm. we were kind of like conscious that andrew wanted to take the path of andrew cushion rather than noel gallagher because he was quickly during lockdown becoming the noel gallagher the next noel gallagher i know i just said that before about him being a songwriter Mm. but he had to have it find his own path and his own sound Mm. which i think he has done with this album so that we were really conscious of that me and Andrew, and I think that's why I picked up that electric guitar and bought You Don't Belong and Catch Me If You Can and Yeah, 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 to get away from that almost acoustic no. But then, um, but now the new album sounds very much a, a mixture of Noel Gallagher and Andrew Cushion and, dare I say, a little bit of pop as well. Yeah. As well, and, yeah. and, he, and he did, which I found interesting, and I agree with the decision. He, they are leaving that song off the album as well. Well, no. To well, move on. I'll is give it, you we no, we are we we are, but it's owned by EMI. Oh, okay. So, right. So for us to get that on the album, we would have had to buy it off EMI. Right, and as you can imagine, right. EMI being a major label said, yeah. "Yeah, you can have it for <laughs> six figures." <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So unfortunately, if we ever want to get it on the album, we'd have to sign a record deal with EMI. Which, oh, yeah, okay. I find yeah, that. So I find- the little things like yeah. that, I didn't know. I just, I just thought he, he, it's his song. He can put it on the album if he wants. I didn't know. It's a bit shit, isn't it? It's a bit yeah. shit, that. Yeah. 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 Basically, well, they invested so much money in that song. 
Yeah. You know, we'll have Noel Gallagher and Rack Studios in the video. Yeah. They'll probably put about 60, 70 grand into that song. Yeah. So they want to recoup money on that song. Mm. So they probably haven't recouped it in royalties. So yeah. they'll say, okay, there's probably 50 grand left on that song. You, you want to buy it? You can yeah. buy it for 50 grand. Oh. Which in time, in time we might, we might do. Yeah. Yeah. How, how yeah. do you, what other kind of little, because I, I find little things like that that go on in the industry just fascinating. What what kind of other little pitfalls and things have you have you picked up on and learned to steer people around and that kind of stuff? I think it's promoters. Right. Promoters, you know, yeah, yeah promoters. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to bad mouth anyone no. at all because uh, it's a bit shan, but uh, I just think you have to be careful of promoters because, uh, okay, say, say, you say you sell out a gig, right? Say you yeah. sell out a gig, 2,000 people, right? Say your income from that gig was ten thousand, right? Yeah. Ten thousand, and then Andrew, you get a settlement. But then Andrew's settlement at the bottom of that ten thousand will be yeah. like two thousand quid. Yeah. And we're like, hang on a second. Where's rest of it? We just sold out, but we only got two thousand quid. But yeah. we made ten, but we get two. Yeah. So where's that eight thousand gone? Some promoters will add little things onto it, like towels, forty pound each. Wow. Like bar staff, extra bar staff, three hundred quid. Mm. Um. Like security, and they let the artists will end up paying for all these little little things to take yeah. away from the profit. So I think massive learning curve for me was checking the settlements. Yeah. It sounds very boring, right? But you have a tour manager, you employ a tour manager, and the tour manager will check the settlements to make sure that at the end of the night that they haven't we haven't paid for something that they should be paying yeah. for. Wow. Which in Super. the early days, I mean, there'd be a lot of bands that you spoke to yeah. like that won't even have a clue about that sort of thing. They'll just yeah. say, okay, we'll get our fixed fee, 500 quid. Wow, brilliant. But however, they could have made a lot more than that if they had a, a good lawyer, a good a good agent, and a good tour manager, and you know, and a, a bit of experience behind them. Yeah, yeah. I, suppose, I suppose anybody going in, into the industry is going to have those, those kind of like knowledge gaps, aren't they? Because who, 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 who would have thought it'd be 40 quid a towel? I know exactly, exactly. That's it. I mean, I, I mean, me and me and Andrew talk about this a lot. He's learning a lot as a musician, but I'm. Equally... Have, you nicked, have you nicked a load of towels because of it? I fucking would have. <laughs> well, no, we now now we do. We take our own towels now, mate. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Our, our driver, our yeah. driver washes them, so he'll <laughs> go in the venue, wash them, and we'll use them. Yeah, just little things like that, you know. Oh, but, it's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, Andrew's learning a lot from being a musician, mate. I'm learning a lot being a, being mm. a being a manager. And uh, I'm growing into the role as well as he's growing into the role on stage. Yeah, so, Andrew did mention that when we had a chat because he said, you know, you've yeah. you've really grown into the role, the same as him. So it must be nice to have have your mate learning, you're learning, and you're both just having so much fun doing something you're passionate about. That must be a nice dynamic oh, dynamic between you both. Yeah, it's the best job in the world. Yeah. Who doesn't like who who you know? When I was growing up as a kid, I loved music, I loved football, and I loved fashion. Yeah. Probably like yourself, you know. Yeah. And like in that uh, that time in the nineties. Like even before the nineties and the eighties, when I was uh, kicking around the kicking around the streets of uh, Newcastle, like I loved, I loved music. I loved who then? I mean, first memory I loved Wham. I think you know I loved Wham and Madness, you uh-huh. know, and I loved all them tunes. Like, and I loved, but then I loved me, I loved Newcastle United, and I loved me, me clothes, and that, that's still gone through as I've got uh-huh. older. Yeah, pop and Wham. <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice to see Newcastle doing so well now as well. Like, oh, you know, the, the whole the whole city must be buzzing up there, you know, just with the football and how it looks. I've just I've just watched the documentary thing and from last season and thing on is it Amazon. I've just watched it. Amazon uh, Prime, yeah. Amazon Prime, yeah. So it must be it must be really good to you know, it must be a really nice place to be at the minute in the northeast. Well we've been seeing this for a t- for a while now. Since the takeover, there's a wave in Newcastle. Yeah. And Sam Fender, we all know what Sam Fender's doing. That Leeds Redden set was absolutely incredible the other night. Yeah. So Sam Fender's doing his thing. Newcastle United are doing his thing. When the city's doing well and the football team's doing well, sorry, people are spending money. Mm. You know, and we're not, when we don't want to get on that wave just because people are spending money, but we're, but no, it's a great opportunity up here yeah. at the moment, you know, like Manchester in the 90s, yeah. like Liverpool as well in the 80s. You know, in the in the castle, yeah. hopefully in the in the two thousand and twenties, it'll just be the team and the players to be for music and uh, football. It's it, yeah. it, 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 you just you know, I just like to see, particularly because you've had it hard for a bit, haven't you? You know, with with the old ownership of the football club and that type of stuff. I'm I'm a Sheffield United fan, so I know about hard times and good times. You do, you do, mate. <laughs> you still have them hard times. Yeah, well, this <laughs> well, season, this season's going to yeah. be a tough one, but hey, mm. oh, we're, we're up there for a bit and having a play with the big boys. It's all good. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, so the, um, yeah, so just, you know, you find him four years in. What, what, like, so, 
Did you sign him straight away or did you just go to a few more gigs after catching him that first time? Then? How did, no, no, how did, how I, 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 I signed him within two weeks of wow. seeing him because I had to sign him because <laughs> basically, right, I, I, do you know the story? So I've seen Andrew play, yeah. went to watch Andrew play in this social club in Newcastle yeah. uh, with this Oasis band, right? I videoed it on my mobile phone and Andrew was going, how are you, mate? Send it to Noel Gallagher. I was like, no, I'm not going to send it. No, of course, I'm not going to send it, right? So how are they, Just send it, send it. Yeah. What can you lose? Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, he's probably right. No, what yeah. can I lose? So I had a couple of red wines and I sent Waiting for the Rain to yeah. Noel Gallagher that night. And lo and behold, the next day, I get a reply, don't I, on my email. Right. And the reply was, this kid's all right. What's the catch? Is he, is he a bellend? Right, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking hell!" I got a reply, and uh, and I couldn't believe it. And um, he said he got any more tunes, yeah. so I sent him. It's gonna get better. Uh, waiting for the rain, and another song that he had way back then called "A Float" that you mm-hmm. you wouldn't have heard. No. So I sent him three songs, and then Noel said to us, "He receives thousands, thousands of demos, and and this kid was the only one in a thousand demos." Yeah that he thought was, that was great. So anyway, he sent the music to Virgin Records, Ted Cockle, Google Ted Cockle. Yeah. Ted Cockle signed Jake Bug, Lewis Capaldi, yeah. Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. And Ted Cockle phoned me within 48 hours of me sending that video to, to Noel Gallagher, <laughs> the president of Virgin Records, yeah. phoned me. So I'm like, shit. So he phoned me and said, I want to see Andrew down Virgin Records on Friday. So that was literally 10 days since Andrew played in the social club. We're going down the biggest record, the biggest <laughs> record company in the world, right? So I didn't tell, I didn't tell Andrew this. Yeah. And I went into his house and I uh, said, look, uh, we need to sign this contract. Uh, let's, let's me and you manage. Yeah, okay. He knew I sent him yeah. stuff to Noel Gallagher. He knew that Noel Gallagher replied to us. And I said, okay, let's sign a contract. Let's get a contract nailed. And then we'll, we'll go forward from there. Got him to sign the contract. And I said, right, you've got a Virgin Records on Friday. Nice. So we went down and you got a record deal. Yeah. Like that, with a major, the best, the biggest record label in the in the UK. You got a record deal, yeah. So, so I, I know things can change in the music industry, and uh, I, I believe yeah. I believe he's moved on from Virgin on a different yeah. level now. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. What kind of what kind of things happen there for the relationship? Again, not quite massive learning curve, right? So when you, when, you, when your champion signs you, when yeah. a champion there, like, like, like Ted Cockle, honestly, what a great man! Yeah. What a great. He really believed in Andrew. Mm. He had a blueprint of four albums for Andrew. And he had all this in place, right? He had the, uh, it was so good. Like, he had Andrew being the next Jake Bug, you know, because Jake had just left uh, Virgin. So he had Andrew mm-hmm. with next Jake Bug and had this plan. It was so exciting, mate, yeah. to see it on paper. And then, of course, six, uh, well, nine months later, um, COVID happens, right. right? Which is fine. Ted phoned us up and said, look, we're going to give you X amount of money during COVID. Sit tight, write a load of songs, do a lot of uh, online stuff. And then come back and see us in a year's time. It'll be fine. Yeah. You only need to start your career. Yeah. Just write a load of music. So we're like, fine, great. And then halfway through COVID, Ted Cockle gets sacked by um, by Virgin Records, Christ. right? And they bring in a new team. Yeah. Guys called the Palmer Brothers. And the Palmer Brothers were after TikTok and streaming artists rather than live artists. Ugh. So they signed a load of TikTok artists, right? They've now gone, by the way. So they've now they've yeah. now been sacked. Um so when you lose, when you lose someone that's championed you so much yeah. and they bring a new regime, right? I got a phone call, right? After all them two two years of putting in such hard work and being so excited, yeah. I got a I got a ninety second phone call saying yeah. thanks but no thanks, yeah. and I was like, oh shit, shit. When I told that Andrew was very honest about it, and I said, look, mate, let's just keep on writing the songs, and when live happens, people are going to see you live with all these new songs, yeah. and then lo and behold, the first live gig, Pete Doherty at yes. Riverside. Yeah. And we get signed. We get signed straight away. The first gig back. Yeah. So it was like it was it was again like we're talking about learning curves and about the about about the music industry. That was a real kick in the balls for me and Andrew. And but we're still in touch with Ted. Ted's moved on now. And who knows what will happen in the future, you know? Well, it's better yeah. that it happened then than now, isn't it? Because I, I, I know a few mm-hmm. bands where they've had an album ready to go out, just about to tour America. Some of my friends were out there um and they're not there anymore. It just exactly hits them in the bollocks yeah. and there's someone who can't recover from it it's it's such a yeah yeah such a yeah, minefield yeah, out there when you know, it, it timing's such a it's it's just something you can't control in it you know just uh, it's a life in, it, in business in, in yeah. business you can't control yeah. it you're right 
And then we signed a pizza label, and you know what? They've been great. So we've had them now two and a bit years. They've done an EP, two singles, and an album, and they've given them that creative freedom. You know, they, they haven't told them what to do. We've brought in our own producer, Dave Erringer. Unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. Yeah, nice. And 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 Andrew's been given that artistic freedom. And and maybe in hindsight, we might not have got that with Virgin Records. I might have told Andrew, you've got to go down this path. But actually, Andrew's created his own musical path. Yeah. No, yeah. But what, one thing I've always enjoyed is, uh, for me personally, I've always enjoyed his little Twitter rants. He has slowed down doing them a little bit. Uh, is that is that something you've got to manage? You know, enthusiastic people, young kids that might have had a few beers um, on on the internet as well. Is that something you have to manage? I, 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 you know. I think I think yeah, yeah yeah you're right because there's something on. I think he's calmed it down now. Yeah, because of Louis Tomlinson's fans now are on mm. Twitter, right? And they will pick up on anything. Oh yeah. On, and on anything he says now, they will, they will, they will, they will. I mean, I'm not, it's not all, it's not all bad, by the way, because they're amazing fans. But however, he's got to be very careful what he says on Twitter now. Yeah, yeah he can't, I think he can't rant shame. and rave. Yeah, it's about a little stuff. bit of a shame that. For... Yeah, I agree. It is, it is, it is. But um, just the way of the world sometimes, isn't it? Who wants to be cancelled? You know, yeah. you be cancelled on Twitter. Well, I, we, we did, I, I did, because I, I followed him in America. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there were a little bit. You nearly there, weren't you? I fucking was nearly there, and I'm, I I'm still gutted about this today. I got right. If anybody don't know, I've just I've been to New York recently, and Andrew were playing the Mercury Lounge the day I were getting there. So I thought, right, I'm having some of this. I know. So, so thank you for trying to sort my tickets out, though. But two, yeah, yeah, two over two hours guesses? in fucking. Uh, in quote quarantine, what's it called? Where you oh, take yeah, I, immigration? I, oh, mate, I'll, I'll send you a photo with the queue. I was so frustrated; it was ridiculous. And then I had to get to my hotel, and my hotel weren't booked, so we had to fuck yeah, about yeah. in the hotel for a bit. And I'm just like, oh fuck! How, yeah, how was yeah. it, mate? Oh, what do you think it was like? Have you yeah, seen the reviews? I know, I know fuck it. I'm, the, I, 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 I am because I'm I'm gutted I weren't there, so I ain't, I ain't looked. <laughs> the, the review, right? The review. There's a there's a review online at the moment, and yeah. um, I can't remember who it's by, but basically they've said. They've never seen they've never seen scenes like it. Yeah. They've only ever seen two gigs like it there before, and that was two thousand and four, the Arctic Monkeys at Mercury wow. Lounge and wow. Andrew Cushion. Wow. They said it was just electric. There was fans queuing outside. Mm. There was a Newcastle United supporters club from New York there. Wow. But there was also all these Louis fans there. So yeah. you had black and white flags one side, you had pride flags <laughs> the other. You just had the. It was just the atmosphere was red hot. It was brilliant. Oh man, it was brilliant. Honestly, it was. Amazing. Oh, I was hoping you were going to tell me it was a bit disappointing because I've missed it. That's me just being <laughs> it, selfish. It was just a proud. It was a real proud moment yeah. in our career, I think. Like, yeah. but going back to what you're saying about Twitter that night, Andrew went on the subway in in, in the Times Square, yeah, and we bumped into a load of Louis fans, right? And they were great, right? They were fantastic. But when he was talking, they were videoing him, right? And he's more on the mobiles. Uh. I could see they were videoing him. And lo and behold, the conversation he's had with these people on the subway, they've put it, they've documented it, mm. put it as a blog, as an, an, wow. an interview with Andrew Cushion oh, right. on the subway, but he didn't know he'd been interviewed. <laughs> they were just talking to someone. Right, okay. Just talking, and, they, and they've described him as a as an excitable retriever. I thought, what's a, you've a, a, a you've retriever? What's, what's, what's that mean, a retriever? Like a golden retriever. Oh, well, like a dog. Yeah, oh, like, like right, an excitable okay. dog on the subway. <laughs> yeah, oh, right, fair enough, fair enough. I think oh, you've, you've nailed it. Oh, so, yeah. So we've come a long way from like the social club and biker yeah. to now New York. People recognise yeah. him on the subway, but that brings its own terrors and dangers as well, doesn't it? Because you've got to be careful what you're saying now. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, I know he had a bit of a hoo ha just after the Red Rocks one, didn't he? When they when they had a bit of storm and that kind of stuff. And I. I, I read it because I were interested in it because I've been following his journey in America. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. And I, I don't think anybody could have, uh, I don't know if he sought any advice from it, but I think he nailed his reply. He did everything that he should do um, and life moved on. Exactly, mate. We just said, just be honest, you know, yeah. just be honest. And I think sometimes he is too honest for his own good. Yeah. And when, when he does talk about stuff. So, yeah, just be honest, hold your hands up. Oh, there was no, yeah. there was clearly no intent meant by that, oh, you know? no. no. No, but it can be taken the wrong way. So, uh, tongue in cheek, it probably, it, it probably, he probably said that thing, said that thing on stage a million times, you know. Yeah. But maybe you've got to be careful what you say online now. Oh, mate, it, it's it's such a shame if you've got to kind of like rein yourself in a little bit, just in case somebody takes it the wrong way. I kind of yeah, try yeah. and fight against that kind of stuff personally, but you you, you don't suppose you can. You can't, mate. It's a way of the world now. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's no one's fault, and it's just a way of the world, especially on Twitter because it's an absolute 
dreadful <laughs> platform, isn't it? Really, it's full of it's awful, isn't it? Really, I it's my it's my favourite one. It's most lively there. Isn't it? There's <laughs> it always, is, it there's is always, there's always a story. Though. Yeah, there's always a yeah. story going on, which I like about Twitter. I do like. But saying that, I went to see Noel Gallagher at Hardwick. Obviously, Andrew was on the on the lineup, right? Aye. And Noel Gallagher came on stage. And was effing this, effing yeah. that, you Geordie wankers, you load of shit. And I was thinking, how can he get away with saying that? I saw, I saw him at tramlines, and he was like in Yorkshire off as soon as he comes on stage. I think it's just something he it. does. It can get, you, you, you can get away with it, can't you? But yeah, I think you've just got to be yeah. mindful of yeah. your fans. Maybe if it's like Louis fans, it's a bit different to Noel Gallagher's fans, isn't it? You've got to be, you've got to, you've got to know where, you've got to know your crowd, I suppose, and know that's what it, you know you, so. uh, read the room. But that's yeah. what he said. I think even they say that, you know, yeah. they, they call it the fandom. They, they even say that at times that fandom can be too over the top. Yeah. But um, we're learning, mate. We're learning. Oh, no. like, Yeah, we're wow. learning. And it, what a great fan base to be involved yeah. with, though, mate. I mean, yeah. Jesus. That, that That is one fanatical, hardcore group yeah. of uh, of fans he's got there, mate. Oh, Amazing. Well, Amazing. It, it's only going to grow because he's on tour with him again, isn't it? And I know you're off. Yeah, yeah. You're off in this a few minute. days. Going As we him. speak, they'll be going on stage. Oh, Nice. Oh right, yeah. what, in Hamburg yeah. as well, and did, Hamburg, has, he had a bit, yeah. has he had a bit of trouble against Hamburg as well? You you were telling us earlier. Yeah, basically last night. Last night they were due to fly. They were due to fly yesterday afternoon at two o'clock, and it got cancelled due to the AT, ATC mm. ongoing problems. So his mum, his lovely mum, is running down to Stansted Airport. Yeah. Him, Michael, and um, and Rich, and the Newcastle lot. They've they've she's driven them down to Stansted Airport. So just flown from Stansted at five o'clock this morning. To get to Hamburg for eight o'clock. So did so you, did you, there, did you just check. have to book them new tickets then? Or new did, tickets, or did, they, yeah. did, they, did they all, did the, flight, did the flight people sort it so we can get? No, no. You mate, you try working with Ryan there. No, mate. Getting... No, I don't. Fucking nightmare. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they've cancelled. So got new tickets. Yeah. He's there. They're on at, well, they're on at half past seven German time. Then Latham's nice. on at half past eight. And then Louis on at nine. Wow. But so... what a great, what a great, what a great gig to be. Uh, all of them, like 17 gigs with Louis and the Athens, mm. you know, across Europe, from Hamburg down there, across to Athens. Well, Fantastic. Just mate. before we got onto the European journey, I, I can remember seeing Oasis in Hollywood Bowl, and I know... Did you uh, go to that? Did you I, really? I went to that one, yeah. And, uh, oh, cause, my cause God. Kasabian and Jet played, supported them. I remember. Uh, I went that same tour. Oh, did you? Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I went I, to uh, Vancouver. Oh, uh, nice one. Yeah. yeah, they were the days. Yeah. And the, the day after that gig, I went to Vegas to see him in Mandalay Bay. Under in like a small theatre under Mandalay Bay Hotel and all, yeah. Ah, it so was... you must have, so you must have done that, and, and then they played Seattle and Vancouver. I went to Seattle and Vancouver. Oh, I can't remember. And I went across to, um, I went across to Montre- uh, Montreal as well. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I was with Gordon Smart and Mikey Johns actually. Oh, right, yeah, I saw Mikey at weekend over at Bidlington for uh, Mikey's oh. festival thing, this Veiling festival. That were, that was, that, that were, oh yeah, were fantastic, absolutely brilliant yeah. venue, brilliant venue, loads of people just living their best lives in two days at the seaside and the weather were nice. So, it, 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 yeah, it was a really well-run event. It was just class. Very good. Yeah, and some of them bands are, are coming through this feeling at the moment. Mm. Yeah, they're brilliant, aren't they? Yeah. I, I love that band, the Lilacs and the Rosa Docks. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Rosa Docks, got a brilliant voice on them like that. I, like. I put the Rosa Docks on the first ever gig they did because they're from Sheffield with me. Like, did you really? Ago, yeah, at Washington many years ago. Um, got a great yeah. voice in them. You got a really yeah, good voice. Yeah, lilacs. I, I, I did watch the lilacs this weekend uh, yeah. in Bridlington. Yeah, they're they're really cool. Um, who else? Were, oh, Red Rum Club, obviously. Lathams were on. Lottery winners. All these. Winners. All these fun people that are out there just fucking smashing the music industry. It's, it's just a good. It's a good time <laughs> at the minute isn't it, for for new bands. I think. Well, you're you're doing your bit as well, mate. So don't, we've, got don't that. we've got to. Yeah. We've got to. We've got to. So yeah, uh, yeah. Just like these historic venues just being backstage and watching Andrew play from the Hollywood Bowl and what kind of like talk us through some stories of playing these iconic venues in America then we'll move on to uh, yeah I mean that's time. it I mean I joined I joined Andrew's tour in America in um, in San Francisco in Berkeley right. and they were playing the Greek theatre wow <laughs> I mean you go and look at the Greek theatre it's a huge like Greek amphitheatre in the middle of San Francisco you know, and to see the crowds out there in the in the atmosphere, and you look on the walls who's played there, Arctic Monkeys and the Beatles. Yeah. You know, and you got Forest Hills as well. Mm. The last gig in New York was Forest Hills. The Beatles played two nights in Forest Hills. Wow. You know, and it's a it's a U.S. Open tennis court, mm. so it's like the old Flushing Meadow. Wow. So you're playing in the middle of a tennis court, mate, <laughs> and it's oh unbelievable. <laughs> but Greek Theatre, Red Rock, and then where else to see my Hollywood Bowl, of yeah. course, Hollywood Bowl. I mean, for Andrew, we're playing Hollywood Bowl four years into his career. It's madness, it's, isn't it? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Really. So, how, how does he? Is, is he got the full band in Europe now? Then got the full band in Europe. 
Like, I'll be totally honest with you, Carl. We couldn't afford. We couldn't yeah. afford uh, a full band in Europe. Yeah. We were touring with the Snuts uh, yeah. and Louis Thompson. The Snuts, great lads, really great lads. But they only did fifteen gigs as a full band rather than the whole forty-five because yeah. it's just too it's too expensive yeah. for a full band to go out to America. You're talking flights. You're talking visas. Now here's one for you: two American visas, ten ten and a half thousand pounds for Andrew and Rich. Wow! So you got you've got that on top of your flights, on top of your, your car, on top of your petrol. And your fees aren't great, yeah. so you. But it doesn't matter. It's it's like it budgeting budgeting as a whole. Yeah. It, that's that's basically what I spend a lot of my time doing now: budgeting mm-hmm. and looking financing these projects. Which in the, in the early days, I didn't even look at that, mate. Didn't even look at that. Well, when I've I've spoke to Trusted Wheel, Johnny. Oh yeah, yeah, Johnny he, Brown. If Johnny Brown, and he talked about when he supported uh, Liam Gallagher. On his yeah. uh, on his arena tour, and yeah, they, yeah, and they they came back from it and they they met a loss, but you've you've built up this fan base playing to these exactly. massive crowds. And his so socials like, doubled, in, yeah. yeah. His Instagram doubled. His um, you know, everything everything doubled in size. YouTube, yeah. his streaming went up. His monthly listeners went up. So it was all about fan money. It wasn't yeah. about the actual physical money. You know, we had a we had a bit of money in the pot anyway to lose. But yeah. um, yeah, full band in Europe and with that full band. Have you seen the full band yet, Carl? I not sure. I, uh, the only time I've seen Andrew live were at Yes in Manchester a couple of years ago, just that after was lockdown. Band, I think. That was a oh, was it? That, that was yes. All oh, right, yeah. okay. I get yeah. mixed up. I go to that many bloody gigs, mate. It's hard yeah, to yeah, remember. Yeah. That was, it was a good gig, actually, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, who, who supported him? No. Megan Wynn. Megan Wynn. Yeah. Old Megs. Yeah. 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 She's class. Yeah. And, Ro- and, and Roller played with him. Uh, oh, I saw her in Bridlington as well. The Roller were on then. It's a fucking tiny little community, isn't it? And all these people are just great coming through. Well, listen, mate, make sure you come to the uh, the UK yeah. tour in Manchester, Band on the Wall, because nice. I'll, I'll sort you out and come along. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's 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 almost done now. We've almost got yeah. sold out 500 in, in Manchester, which is it's a great feat to sell 500 in Manchester. Really sold out 400 in Nottingham. You know, so it's trickling down the country. Yeah. That, that's one thing I would I would give advice to, to anyone. That's what Ted Cockle said to Andrew. Mm-hmm. He said... Build your fan base in your yeah. local town, and build it, and build it, and build it, and then it'll trickle down. Yeah. And, and and that's exactly what we're doing. You know, it's exactly what we're doing. Well, all this exposure, the new album's out in a month's time as well. Yeah. Um. So you're going for top ten, you say, minimum. Oh Christ! <laughs> I, I don't know. Right? I, I I would love a top ten. I would love a top twenty. I, I would just love it. I'd love the album to chart. To be honest with you, I'll, of course, Andrew being Andrew. His expectations go higher and higher okay. and higher. Um, so you want number top five, one? He wants top ten. Does he? he okay, right, very enough. He wants top ten. Let's just keep it top ten. Okay. He wants top Let's ten. I high. want kind of. I just yeah. want it to be recognised. I do, mate. I want it to be recognised, yeah. and I want people to enjoy the music. Oh. I think that's my answer to it. Like I want people because you'll hear the song. I might yeah. even send you it, Carl. Actually, I okay. might send you it, yeah. and you can have a listen to I'd it because you'll hear the songs on it, and it, yeah. it's fucking some outstanding tracks on there. It really is. It's a brilliant debut album. It well, really is. What I'll do, I'll put a pre uh, a pre save uh, in the description yeah. of this podcast anyway. So if you're intrigued by the album, pre save it. You know, it's on vinyl. It's on all the posh things in it. It's on it. It's got a big vinyl thing. Has it got all different exactly. colours? Has it got different colours and stuff and all? Cassettes, vinyl, um, cassettes. Can you be that CD? Nobody listens yeah. to me either. But the people, <laughs> people still buy the cassettes. But nobody listens to me. It's a, it's a weird thing. That I know. I know. They look quite cool, actually. Yeah. To be fair. The cassettes, uh, CDs, vinyl. Uh, we've got free ponchos as well. We've got signed posters. Nice. We've got. Uh, we're giving away tickets as well in the, in the next few weeks as well. So just trying to drive sales yeah. for this album. But I think when it comes out, that week of its release, when people start listening to it, mate, yeah. it's going to gather some momentum. It really is because it's outstanding. And I'm not just saying that. I'm saying that as yeah. a fan. Like yeah. Dave Erringer has just worked his magic on that. Yeah. He really has. Like Dave Erringer, I don't know if you don't know Dave Erringer's work, but he, he did all the manic stuff in the nineties oh, okay. in two thousands. Yeah, he did like if you tolerate this, he did uh, the Who. Sorry, great great producer, mate, wow. brilliant. Wow. And we of course we record we recorded it at uh, Rockfield Studios as well. So what can't you tell us about what's coming up then? Because I know you're not going to be able to tell me. I want to ask you what's coming up, but I know you're not going to be able to tell me. So it's a stupid question. But is there anything that you can tell us about what's coming up? And it's fair enough if you say no. Um, what's coming up? What's coming up? What's coming? Up? Uh, well, the UK tour, as you know, yeah. uh, UK tour is coming up. Yeah. Um, December, 
Tom, I can't. You know what I really want to tell you, Carl? Yeah. I really okay. want to tell you what's coming up, but I can't. I know, that's fair enough. I know it was yeah. a stupid question anyway. Yeah. But... yeah. Jan, so I'm going to say January and February, Andrew's got uh, a support tour, and it's, it, the places he's going to be going to, mate, is going to blow your mind. Nice. I mean, we're not talking America and we're not talking Europe. Yeah. We're talking further afield. But oh, I'm, nice. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, nice. nice. So, <laughs> yeah. so he's so he's got this European tour, then he's got his own tour, then he's got a new tour coming up after that. He's, yeah. gra- he's grafting, isn't he? Well, you have to, mate, don't you? There's a lot of competition out there. Yeah. You have to take these these chances when they come at you. Oh, he's man. been grafting now on tour since yeah. February. Since February, since we made the album, he's been he's been touring constantly. Has it, but, has, it has it been difficult at times? He's going to watch this. I know he's going to watch this. <laughs> and he's going to watch this. But I think, yeah. Uh, He's all right with me. He's actually yeah. all right with me. He's probably the same Andrew. He's a bit more of a diva now, but not yeah. not too bad. Like, but I see, I see him, I see him with a band sometimes, and I think, oh, you fucking diva, you know? What I mean? Like <laughs> now, you know, you know, like stuff like carrying my guitar and stuff like that. Yeah. Not to me, but you'll see like yeah, the yeah. lads carrying my guitar off, going um, going pick me pedals up and stuff like that. And I'm like, hmm. But I I've... suppose, but now we're having to protect him a little bit because, yeah. In the past, you go out. You go out to the crowd, you know, and you go and get autographs, and you go and get photographs, and you go and get pictures. Now we're not a level. He, he, he could, but we don't want it. We don't want it anymore, Carl. We want to yeah. keep that a bit more exclusiveness. Mm. Keep him behind the stage, you know, until and keep him behind the stage until he goes on stage, yeah. and then after stage, come off. Then do it, you know. And have, have uh, you have you changed anything at all through it all? Um, I don't think I have, but my last would probably still have. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I am loving. Go I'm on. loving the freebies. Oh, weekend yeah. Other brands available. Oh, nice. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah that's no. good. Yeah, all the freebies. Yeah, no, anyways. we got we got a we got a um we got like clothing deal with Weekend Defender. Ah. Got got a record got a record deal. So we've got like a guitar deal with Gibson. Uh, so we get plenty of Gibson guitars. Won't, won't have get, to spend any money soon. Brilliant. Well, that's it. That's it. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think I've changed. But I think um, it comes naturally, Andrew. And I think he's a very yeah. confident person anyway, yeah. and always has been. But yeah. I think yeah, there's a little bit, a, bit, a few signs of being a diva in there. Oh, there we go. There we go. Well, like, we... like his rider, for instance, his rider. Oh, here we go. Let's have a bottle. Rider, have a bottle of whiskey, okay. some ginger. Um, you know, four, four cans of lager. Yeah. Um, like little, little, little things like um, like twenty cigarettes. Yeah. You know what I mean? A vape. You know, okay. four batteries for his um for his in ears. You know, no, no, I uh, like it. Well, it's 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 when you're on the road all the all that time, you've got to you kind of got to make things easy for yourself, aren't you? I suppose. In his defense, yeah, definitely, you know, you, definitely. I mean, that's you don't, why you don't want to be pissing about getting batteries. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a, We've got a tour manager now, and um, we pay the tour manager X amount of money to look after Andrew yeah. and the band. And that's been a real god save to me, like because yeah. in them early days I drove a lot um, and did a lot, a lot of the touring, you know. Like we did a we did a tour of Bang Bang Romeo mm. in two in two thousand and nineteen when Andrew just got signed, and we just took and, and fair play to this feeling that they're given they're given a support slot and we had some like eighteen gigs of Bang Bang Romeo yeah. and I drove to every single one of them, you know, from Glasgow down to Portsmouth, yeah, wow. and it was like three weeks on the road, and it was <laughs> fucking exhausting. <laughs> I don't know how tour managers do it, mate. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. No, I don't. So we've we got a tour manager now. We pay him we pay him X amount of money. Yeah. He looks after the band and yeah. and he does a great job, to be fair. He does a really good job. Well, mate, yeah. Lee, thanks for joining us today and just telling us a few stories. Uh, no I, hope, I hope people listen to this and just think, yeah, it's hard work, that band manager stuff. It's not all... It's not all uh, hobnobbing with Noel Gallagher, is it? it is, there's a lot of graft behind the scenes that people well, don't, definitely that's don't the see. Good, that's the good part in it, hobnobbing yeah. with Noel Gallagher. Yeah, go. he's still, listen, he's still my hero. Mine too, he, yeah. he is, and like, I still love his music at Hardwick when I watched it the other week. It was absolutely outstanding. I, mean, I think he's getting better and better and better yeah. with age. Oh, and think- anyone that goes on about Oasis, fuck that. High-flying birds for me, I mean. Are, are well, I, I, it's them. just come to me before I let you get off today. Do you think they'll, ever, do you think they'll get back together, Oasis? Do you know what? I think they will. I don't. I think, yeah. I think 2025, I think it'll yeah. happen. I think it'll happen purely because um, there's no Sarah McDonald. Yeah, there's no Sarah McDonald anymore. <laughs> yeah. But if it do get back together, mate, it's got to be Noel's band, isn't it? It's yeah. got to be the High Flying Birds band. Yeah. 
Well, it's, it's Gem, the drummer. He were in Oasis before, weren't he? What's, what's the drummer's name in... Um, oh, he's in the Lars, wasn't he? Yeah, class. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not yeah, yeah. But, Oh, mate, well, yeah. Lee, thanks for joining us, mate. And thanks, no, no, for, thanks, thanks, thanks for finding Andrew and sharing him with the rest of the world. It's, <laughs> it's very much appreciated from me and the RGM people. I know people are going to love this interview because they because they really like the andrew one and you're good you're yeah, a good crack mate i really appreciate it sorry i couldn't get, quite get there you. in time for new york i know you sorted me tickets and things i'm very annoyed still about all that particular stuff but and well, you can come to europe mate if you want you can come to europe if, if you fancy it i do fancy it mate i do fancy it i'll uh you'll you'll, you'll regret <laughs> saying that but nice one <laughs> <laughs> right nice one mate thank you're, you very much you're welcome anything else that anything else you want to share with anybody or you done for today do you know what? I just want people just. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I know it's like a, it's like a, it's like a broken record, <laughs> uh, but I want people to buy the album, yeah. and it's not just purely because because of financial side of things. Yeah. I, I just want people to hear this album and how yeah. how good it is made. Because I can't tell you, I'm not going to compare it. Definitely, maybe I'm not going to compare yeah. the Art Monkeys, but I'm going to say it is fucking Class. brilliant, mate. Nice it one, is mate. fucking brilliant. So there's going to be a pre, uh, just a reminder, pre-save in the description of this podcast on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Music on there. There'll be a ticket, there'll be a link for the tour. Grab yourself, yeah. go, go and see him wherever you are in the world. Yeah. And yeah. Lee, mate, thanks again for your time. It's all very much appreciated. Thank Cheers, pal. Cheers, mate. All the best. Yeah, it's a beauty. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Got on well with Lee. Similar age, I think. He's holding it better, though, I think. Uh, and you can tell uh, by watching us on YouTube and making that decision yourself. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as always, you can delve into the archives. Do delve into the old Andrew Cushing um, episodes in the past. Uh, all nicely uh, positioned in the archives. All three of them in there for you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's all on YouTube as well. Give us a subscription over on YouTube. We're gradually getting at 700 and odd now. Getting towards that thousand goal. Um, we're grafting. As always, take a look at what's coming up and uh, what's being featured on RGM at rgm.press. Listing websites, you know, that's I find that useful. And we have plenty, plenty of great guests coming your way on Mondays and Thursdays, sometimes, uh, on the podcast too. So stay tuned, everybody. So for another week, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Carl Maloney, that guy from RGM. I will see you later. Toodaloo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.